vicious. That's us? Yeah, that's us right there. Awesome. <laughs> hey, welcome to Rocks and Dirt, a production of the TuxedoCats.com. Mike here with Todd and Steve. These guys know how to play. You know what I'm saying? What's up? Tonight, we're thinking about classic rock. We're thinking about sports. Uh, we're thinking about The Who tonight, Steve. Classic rock who? icons. Yeah, The Who group. The Who group? <laughs> <laughs> they burst onto the scene in the uh, mid-60s in the British Invasion, along with the Stones and the Beatles, and so many others. Roger Daltrey, T- uh, Pete Townsend, John Entwistle, Keith Moon. For me, it's the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, and Zeppelin. These are like these are my top four. Uh, I, I'll hear Mine, too, pretty see. much. I think, uh, Todd, you've kind of come on board with that, too, haven't you? Yeah, I'm beginning to like the Who a lot. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, they, you could call them sloppy, and you'd be right in many cases. Uh, you can call them loud, and you'd always be right. Uh, very raw. The uh, the innovative stage presence, I think, is what hooked me early on as a kid, Steve. About the early, think about Talk about the early Who, uh, and then when they kind of transformed into more of the classic rock feel, because they were kind of pop at first, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, it was kind of power pop, or they called it maximum R&B. They redid a lot of Motown songs in a in a uh, maximum way, like a rock and roll Motown thing, and and uh, Pete Townsend was one of the first to use Marshall amps. You know, Jim Marshall was a made amplifiers in, I think he was a drummer actually, but he made amplifiers in London. And Pete Townsend was one of his first customers, and he wanted to have an amp he could crank up real loud, pretty much. So, like my generation, and they became uh, popular, or at least infamous, maybe for smashing their instruments. Yep. At least, at least Pete on his guitar and Keith on his drums, and John Entwistle would. Stand there. Yeah, and keep playing. And just and just destroy guitars. Somebody had to hold it together. I remember uh, reading a, uh, an article in uh, Guitar Player Magazine where T, uh, Pete Tan... What's his name? Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend said, it's okay to make mistakes on stage. You need to push the envelope and try things. Yeah. You know. I heard him say recently that he didn't really doesn't really enjoy... It's his job. Yeah. He doesn't really, it, but he's very good at it, yeah. but he does it for his pay. Right. Well, it was yep. a little bit disappointing, but you know, you're talking about 50 years worth of work here, so maybe he's tired. I did want to throw in though that Miles Davis did not say the same thing as uh, Pete. <laughs> he said, "Practice at home and then play what you know on stage." So that's, so that's two that different. Makes a little uh, more sense. Yeah. It? Yeah. Actually. Go, so. so if you, you got Keith Moon, uh, who passed away in 1978, I was 20 years old at the time, and I told myself, "I'm going to be the Who's next drummer." I was so I was so broken. When he died, I thought, well, this is my chance. I did absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> Next thing you know, they brought in Kenny Jones, Steve. Big disappointment for me. From the small faces and yeah. the faces. Entirely different drum, kind of drummer. Yeah, totally different. What, to Great me, drummer. But yeah, he was Keith much... Moon. How do you replace Keith Moon? Right. And I thought I was the guy to do it, but uh, I, I was still sitting on my can. Now... Kenny Jones was probably more of a Pete Townsend kind of a drummer. In yeah. hindsight, uh, Pete Townsend liked somebody who just kind of kept the beat. Yeah, Pete got him in the band, I think. And Roger, even though he was really good friends with Kenny Jones, I read this in Pete's book, actually. Although he was really good personal friends with Kenny Jones, he didn't, the whole time he didn't think he was the right drummer for the Who. Yeah. But after, you know, Keith Moon, it's probably hard to find somebody, I'm sure. And, and Todd, Todd, do you hear something? Well, I was going to say, I bet he didn't have the same stage presence as Keith. <laughs> not, a, not even no. close. No. I saw him in 75, and I saw him in 78. 
uh, right before Keith Moon died. Oh. And then I saw him again after Keith Moon died. Did he duct tape his headphones to his face? <laughs> I don't think he did in, in that. Maybe well, he did. I don't remember. I, I know think he did. did because they were using tapes for Bob O'Reilly and Won't Get Fooled Again. Won't I Get believe. Fooled Again. That video is classic. Yeah. And of course, he's moving around, so he had to, put, he had to duct tape them around his head and they yeah. kept coming off. In those early days, he, he was going all over the drums, but it was so pantomimed. And he was just kind of like holding the tips of his sticks. He wasn't really playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's Dressed the way like Austin did. Powers with the frilly. You know, he was such an outlaw and a rebel and, and plumb scary, the, some of the things that he would do in the off hours. But when he was with the rest of the guys, he was just looking for permission. You know, he, they, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they would keep him settled, it seems like. Yeah. From what I can tell, he followed Pete. He watched Pete, followed him, and just tried to amp- amplify or accentuate what Pete was doing. Yeah. Now, Todd, I was telling you before we went on air that, there, uh, that the Beatles, or at least Paul McCartney, was influenced by The Who. Uh, because That's awesome. Uh, he heard the song "I Can See for Miles," which was at the time a pretty hard rocking song, and yeah. he says, "I can top, I can top that." Steve, what did he do? Pete Townsend said in an interview at the time, "said This is the hardest, raunchiest song, or whatever." Paul was thinking, uh, "Helter Skelter." I can hey, top that. I can yeah. Top that. Yeah, <laughs> but I can see for Miles. It's intense. It's got a great uh, build pop chorus, but it really builds. It's really intense. It's got yeah. a lot of dynamics, but Helter Skelter is just. All out, all, all the way. There's yeah. no dynamics. Just For 1968, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was pretty as top end as it, as it gets. So uh, they were all influencing each other, but The Who, uh, obviously one of the top classic rock bands of all time. I, I started making a list of songs, and I, I got a couple dozen songs in front of me. Yeah. This is everything from Pinball Wizard to My Generation to Magic Bus, Who Are You, Behind Blue Eyes, Need I Go On. The real Blue Eyes, that was from uh, Angry Birds. They put that on Angry Birds. <laughs> and my grandson loved it. He was six months old, and I would pull out an acoustic and start Angry playing Birds. that. And he would it? be in his little walker, and I'd come right yeah. over there and stand right under me. Uh, Quadrophenia, probably my favorite from 1973. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Can you see the real me? Can you? Great bass line on He's playing lead bass through the whole song, pretty much, Johnny Whistle. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Tommy was a classic, uh, is a classic. Uh, kind of put him on the map, I think, in many cases. Uh, yeah. Because it was so innovative, it was the the rock overture, which hadn't the been rock done. Rock opera. Rock opera. Tommy, right? yeah, rock opera. Yeah, before that. Uh, they were a part of Woodstock. Yes. The, the who? It's in the movie. Uh, Sometimes the, whenever, uh, when we're trying to get a sound check or we're in the middle of a show, Scotty can't hear himself and he goes, I'm playing by sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the pinball wizard. That's right, like pinball wizard. <laughs> That's right. You, you're just kind of playing, playing by, by sense of smell. whatever sense you can drum up. I've tried taste. That doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be smell. So the who? That's the that's who we've got today on today's rocks and dirt. Your comments at uh, where do we send that time? Uh, Can we send them some comments? I forget. <laughs> Todd Rinley Todd at uh, yeah the uh, Todd with the Tuxedo Cats. Give us your who comments, and then, and now uh, our sponsor. Our break here for the sponsor. Rocks and Dirt continues right after this word from Rindley Brothers Tractor Service. For all your tractor work needs, they can dig a hole. They can dig a hole. They can fill a hole. And fill it. Do you need an all-terrain vehicle to get in and out of your driveway? Rindley Brothers Tractor Service. They can dig a hole. They can dig a hole. And fill it. They can fill a hole. That's Rindley Brothers Tractor Service. Does water stand too close to your house? Rindley Brothers 
Tractor Service. For any driveway problems, all your brush hogging needs. Rindley Brothers Tractor Service. And of course, we'll cut anything in our way with a chainsaw. 2112-903-752-2112-903-752-2112-903-752-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2112-2
in quite a while. Uh, but it used to happen every now and then. But I mean, I'm not you know, absurdly tall or anything. You know, I'm, uh, my in-laws are crazy tall. My father-in-law six six or so, so they, he gets the question just about every day how tall he is. So, so yeah, <laughs> the question probably comes up: How's the weather up there? Is probably what he gets a lot of. Right? So, an NBA fan, are you? Yeah, I, I like. I just like good basketball overall. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not as uh, much of an NBA fan nowadays as I used to be growing up. You know, I was certainly a huge Michael Jordan fan, as most people were. Uh, but I still like to watch good basketball. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of excited that it's coming back fairly what, soon. What is what is the, what in the world's going on with the 2019-2020 season? Well, that's, that's a good question. It looks like that the owners have approved a plan um, for everybody for the season to continue and finish in at Disney World. Uh, so that's really interesting. I, I was reading something earlier today, and it said that the owners received a 29 to one vote wow. from the owners on the call. And I'm really curious. Apparently, it was the Portland Trailblazers who um, who held out. And I'm really curious as to why they held out. I, I didn't find any reasoning behind that. But, Are they any good? Uh, yeah, they're they're okay. Okay, uh, so I believe they're one they're one of the playoff teams. Yeah. Um, so it, it was interesting that they would be one of the ones to hold out. So 22 so, teams out of 30, is that right, that they're looking to take? That's right. The best teams are the Milwaukee Bucks, L.A. Lakers, and Toronto Raptors. And then uh, there are some uh, lesser than teams. Uh, you're you're from Louisiana, right? That's correct. Uh, you're an LSU fan by trade, if I understand correctly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly a big LSU football fan, and it was in my defense before this past season. I've been an LSU fan. Oh uh, yeah, before, before it was cool. Yeah, my whole life. So, what about these New Orleans Pelicans? What can you tell me about them from the NBA? Well, it's it seems like they have potential to be a good team, but I think they're a couple of years away. Um, and I root for them mainly because they do represent my home state. I know they've got a lot of really young talent, but I think they're maybe a superstar away from really getting up to the next uh, next tier of elite teams. You know, right now they're if they did the 16 team playoff, they would not be in. So. Uh, thanks to the six-team expansion that they're doing to get 22 of the 30 in, then, then they're in. But, you know, uh, at any moment, any team could get hot and just make a run. So it would be really exciting to see them do something and maybe go upset the Lakers, who were so highly touted to begin the season with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, so I would, I'd really like to see them make a run. But, you know, they're eight games under 500. Yeah, they barely made it, didn't they? Yeah, so um, I, I really don't expect anything significant out of them. But I'm certainly excited to uh, to see what happens, and honestly, it's just going to be really nice to have sports back on. Yeah. What What about the eight teams that didn't make it? What are they going to do? <laughs> I guess they're going to keep doing what they've been doing for the last couple of months. Just working out. Yeah, I guess so. And that's another thing I'm curious about: how many guys, how intense their workouts have been during this hiatus. And yeah. I think we'll see that whenever they come back. Who took it more seriously than other teams? You're a Mavericks fan, Steve. Are they in it? Do you know? Yeah, they're one of those teams that's um, in that round. I don't know. Uh, I think they barely made it. Or they're they're over 500, right? Okay, so they're in. Yeah. Yeah. The the Mavs are 13 games over 500. Oh, okay, good, great. Yeah, they're doing well. I I root for the Mavs too because you know moved over to East Texas. You know, it's nice to have that local flavor. And they're good. Yeah, good team. Yeah, that certainly is part of it. And, you know, going to games, that's always a good time. And uh, anytime you can really have anything 
that's local, um, you know, you certainly try to root for them, especially whenever you don't have a hardcore favorite team, and I certainly don't in the NBA. So those are the two that I root for. But I'd like to see if the Pelicans don't do anything, I'd like to see the Mavs. It's been nine years since the their championship, the Mavericks. Uh, really? Hard to believe. Wow. 2011. We, yes. were, we were young men back then, Fletch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I believe I was in grad school nine years ago. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it right there. Well, I, we're talking with my friend Fletch uh, about NBA and basketball. And when are we looking at these uh, potential Disney World championships to start? I believe it's tentatively Jan- uh, oh, Sorry, July 31st. Okay, July 31st. And the se- season's supposed to end no later than October 12th if they start on okay. July 31st. That's the plan. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really curious and looking at the, the protocol they have in place for all the COVID testing while they're there. So they're, yeah. they're calling all the players to be back in the U.S. by June 15th, and then all the players to their home market June 21st. Testing for COVID begins June 22nd. Uh, and so it'll be really interesting to see how all of that goes and, and if any other players are actually, uh, if they test positively for COVID um, during all this or even any family members. So we certainly hope not. I hope that it's just 99% behind us at this point. My friend Fletch, our guest tonight on Rocks and Dirt, we're sure to appreciate your insight. Uh, Fletch, over the past couple of weeks, as we've talked about sports, we've made references to baseball not being – uh, one of the team, one of the sports that's gonna looks like it's not gonna happen. Uh, Todd, you've got a real strong opinion about that, I know. Yeah, I got a pretty strong opinion. What were you talking about? <laughs> about baseball. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I had a question uh, about the 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 Disney. Is that uh, World Disneyland? Disney World? Which Orlando area? Disney World in Orlando. Okay, yep. just Florida. Yeah. All right. Well, that would be why uh, Oregon doesn't want to go all the way to Florida. I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we do it where we live? Sure. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they can finish out the season and make something of it. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some some of the great players who are looking for Hall of Fame numbers. They're going to say, well, there was that year when we didn't get to play all our games. You know, An asterisk? Be an asterisk by all their, uh, all their career stats. That's pretty much how I live my life, Fletch, with an asterisk. <laughs> I didn't mean to draw you away from baseball. Uh, you caught me off guard like a teacher in high school with my ADD. I thought, what? He was over there drawing boxes. That's what he was just drawing. By. Well, <laughs> doodling. When we were talking uh, speed, we were talking racing and made reference to baseball. And you you called them like sinners or something. You said they're greedy. Oh, they're, yeah. That's right. I, I did. Yeah. Covetous. Covetous, yeah. yes. That's what I said. Because the other sports are trying to make it happen and baseball is not, uh, not doing it. Yeah, it's time for everybody to work a little harder right now and see if we can pull things back together. There you go. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great way to wrap it up. Let's make yeah. that into a bumper sticker. Tweet that, will ya? <laughs> I'll put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> that's right. Work hard, shut up. <laughs> I'd buy that bumper sticker. And and we'll take that advice as we close this rendition of Rocks and Dirt, TuxedoCats.com production. Fletch, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Woo-hoo! That's all, Mom. We're taking it home.